Hey everybody, Steve here with Local Level Podcast. I'm sitting here today with Lamar B. Butler, VP and partner of Midwest Legacy Group uh, in Lyle. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, tell us a little bit about what Midwest, uh, Midwest Legacy Group is. So what, do you, what do you specialize in? The Midwest Legacy Group is a boutique financial firm focused on uh, getting the education of financial literacy into the people that need it the most. And that is quite often in uh, some of the niche markets of female executives, uh, minority physicians, um, athletes, um, as well as just good old fashioned hardworking people, right? Sure. The idea is to spread what we do as a organization to as many people as we possibly can touch. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking, um, I mean, you have a, a pretty interesting background that we'll get into. Um, but, uh, these days, I guess, you know, it's a purpose driven thing that you're doing. It's not just finance. You know, there's a, there's a passion behind it about actually bringing people up, sure. uplifting people. And I think that, um, that's something that's a lot, I mean, there's good people in every industry, but Absolutely. there's also a lot of kind of sharks right. in uh, finance industry. So, right. um, a forest only grows if you, if you replenish the trees. Yeah. Right? yeah. So if we are in a community where we're extracting, we should also be putting something back into a community. Absolutely. We should, we should actually lead with that. And, sure. and that's, a, that's, that's a big portion of what the Midwest Legacy Group does, is that we do lead with support first um, so that we are stewards of a community. So we right. are involved at a level, um, at a human level first, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. before we look at business, right? And if, and if those relationships are skewed, the results will also be consistent. Right, right. And so how much of your day-to-day -day job is about educating people and how much of it would you say is like actual numbers? I would say about 100% of it is educating people because the numbers are a result, mm -hmm. right? We have to educate them on how to get to that number or to get to the sum of all those parts. And usually that is because there is some level of education and understanding in the beginning in the front end so that we can share a solution on the back end. Right, right. And so, um, uh, walk us through. So like, what are some of the things that, uh, you, you are educating people, uh, with, you know, you know, a lot of times it's, a, it's, it's preparation for your family. Um, a lot of it is figuring out, you know, how do we as a family collectively assign our resources and assets so right. that we can use them at a later time, whether it is to create an income stream later in retirement, or is it to transfer assets to a family member the most tax favorable way down the road as well. Mm -hmm. So it usually has to do a lot of checks and balances, understanding and diagnosing where somebody may be today. Sure. So we can identify the proper platform and path to allow them to be where they'd like to in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to have kind of a, a, a plan put in place. Otherwise you're, you know, it's, yeah, all, it's all individually driven, right? right. It's, it's not my idea. You would come and you would share with me what your goal is, mm -hmm. what's your plan, what's your, what's your current strategy that's been being utilized. Has it been successful, right? Or, or are, there any, are there any areas in there where it could be a little bit more efficient? And that's what our goal is to identify mm -hmm. and share that information with you and then give you a, a suggestion on why this may be a better solution or why this may be a better fit to your platform based on what you're trying to do, the trajectory in which you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. We have to come in and understand you first. So Absolutely. it is a very intimate level of 
of engagement with each person we have an opportunity to, to speak with. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, like you said, you're dealing with people that uh, are maybe in a marginalized class in some sense. Oftentimes. Uh, you know, and, and uh, I, I would assume that uh, this is something that's really new to those people that, you know, maybe don't have any guidance or any experience dealing with uh, money or anything like that. Very much so. Sometimes we assume that somebody's successful in their particular field. Right. The assumption is that they would also be skilled in, you know, their financial yeah. piece. And that's just not the case. You know, being a, a qualified attorney doesn't make you automatically a qualified financial expert either. Sure. So you do want to be able to pool the resources of creating a team, right? Everybody has a doctor, everybody has an attorney, everybody has an accountant. Right. Where are you getting your financial literacy from? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we try to identify as well. Is there is there a deficiency in your team that we may be able to introduce you to so that we have you as the centerpiece and your team built around you? Sure. And whatever that needs to be from your personality type, which is very important, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing the um, challenges that may have been in front of that person, that client prior, and how we can come in and, and essentially soothe um, mm -hmm. any areas of concern. Um, a lot of times when you speak to the financial structure of somebody's personal world, there's anxiety that mm -hmm. uh, you know ultimately is attached to that. We want to relieve a lot of those tensions. Mm -hmm. You know, that we keep the relationship tension. Low, the task tension high, right? right. We, want to, we want to have a good relationship so that we can ultimately create solutions with you. It's, well, yeah, absolutely, and that's a that's a it's a long term relationship, you know, where you where you're going to actually uh, see it see it see it through. True, uh, you know, true. So, so that's um, that's something where the accountability actually comes in. You know, these things that we, I guess, from our previous conversation we had a long conversation <laughs> lengthy yeah um, <laughs> you know it's it's a passion of yours so can you tell us a little a little bit more about um your background and why you got into doing what you're doing now you know interestingly enough i didn't have an original plan to work in finance mm -hmm. um as a former um athlete um i thought i would stay in sports as long as i could mm -hmm. which i did um and then from there i anticipated being an international liaison working in Japan in the reverse with U.S. businesses. Um, so I spent a lot of time in school, um, got a great education at DePaul University, triple demon from, from the university. Can um, you explain what that means? Triple demon is a three-time graduate. Um, so that was a big accomplishment for not just myself, but for my family, for my teammates, right? Um, for my own children, you know, things like that. Um, and I think that was something that was very beneficial as part of understanding what I wanted to do with myself. Mm -hmm. Um, because I was exposed to some really, really great opportunities, and one of which was the introduction to being able to work as a trader mm. at the Board of Trade while I was in grad school and transitioning from playing. Um, I had the opportunity to meet a, a classmate whose dad was a full seat member oh, wow. down at the board, right? Yeah. And the biggest challenge that he was facing as an older guy when the platforms were changing oh, and how trading, yeah. he yeah. wanted to stay connected. And I had a an IT degree. Um, so with, with the computer science degree, uh, he was like, I'll exchange my knowledge of the pits and the floors for your knowledge of uh, computer science. He's like, I've never even turned on a computer, to be wow. honest with you. Wow. So that's how the relationship was established. And that was my introduction, mm -hmm. if you will, to the world of finance. And it, and it, and it, it was like a, you know, a, a bite, right? Like where you all of a sudden you're just like, oh, wow, wow. this is, this is kind of cool. I could really get behind this. I really enjoy this. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where it really started to catapult from there. 
Wow. Um, being in the pits, you know, seeing the, the platform change where it's going more screens. People weren't making as many trades and things like that on the floor as traditionally done. So now the question is, is what happens to the platform of, of trading? Yeah. Ultimately, after a few years, the, it, it fizzled away to the point where it made more sense to move on, mm-hmm. um, in which then I had turned into saying, like, well, do I want to move to London and move into a space of working primarily in hedge funds mm-hmm. in, in a private sector, things like that? Or do I take this wealth of knowledge and share it with people that could benefit it, uh, benefit from it right. moreover? And I thought that was the better plan. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's definitely something that is uh, much more impactful to other people. Correct. You know, other Correct. than just nickels and dimes. You Correct. Know, you're actually helping real people. Um, and uh, you touched on it briefly, but, you know, DePaul, um, can you can you tell us a little bit about your uh, athletic career? Um, my athletic career? Uh, yeah, I can actually tell you a few things about that. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I think I was very I was very fortunate, quite honestly, to. Mm-hmm have a chance to come play here in Chicago. We were part of the number one recruiting class um, in that year. Mm-hmm. Um, I had great teammates like Quinn Richardson and Bobby Simmons, um, Steve Hunter. These are all guys that had an opportunity to play in the NBA for a, a very long time, mm-hmm. you know, a decade apiece at a minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, so your experience to come to a city like this being from Boston to get introduced to sports at a magnitude in which we were introduced. Right. You know, every game is on ESPN. Yeah. You know, you're meeting guys like Digger Phelps and Dick Vitale is talking about you before yeah. a game and, you know, giving you a high five. And, you know, these are all things that you dream of yeah. when you're, yeah. you're, you're a young kid and aspiring right. to become an athlete, to play at that platform. And I always thought it was really cool to – you know, when as a kid to wear, you know, starter jackets, right? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> the, yeah, definitely. The Everybody. Georgetown Hoyas starter jackets, a serious And I was just like, I get a chance to play at that at that level now. Wow. Um, so it was it was intoxicating to yeah. have that chance to to travel the way we did, to play in the arenas that we did, to play in front of um sold out crowds at the United Center. It's wild. Against Duke with standing room only. Yeah. You know, those types of things that you would never fathom. Yeah. You know unless you really were behind your sport and really getting into it at a level that, Mm -hmm. you know, this is what you want to really be doing because there's a commitment that's associated to that that's required. Yeah. Right. You don't get to do that and, you know, kind of halfway your way through it, you really got to get after it and be dedicated to not only the sports portion. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a misconception sometimes that we're trying to erase for the younger generation. The sports is one element. It's a component. Mm-hmm. But you have to be able to absorb the academic portion as well, which is more powerful sure. because that will never be stripped from you. Right. Your yeah. diplomas can never be stripped from you. Yeah. You're a torn ACL or whatever, a back injury or game is know, taken. It's over with. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's, it's what you got up here, you know. Correct. And I think more guys are are starting to circulate that direction and understanding it's the balance of the two mm-hmm. because there's there's a number of gifted athletes um, and, and we see it daily, right? We're, we're seeing kids that are in the seventh and eighth grade that yeah. are doing things that grown men can't do. Yeah, they're right? putting something in the water. There's right? just something new. <laughs> I don't know what Gerber's done to the formula, yeah, right? right? But right. like the recipe has changed. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're starting to see that there's so many elements of what creates an individual basketball player, mm. right? The individual comes first, the basketball player becomes second because when you're recruited and people start to dig into who you are, do I want to bring you in That's true. to yeah. our organization? 
a lot of times people forget that they do due diligence. Mm -hmm. They're asking your teachers, what kind of character does this person work possess? Ethic. What's their work ethic? What kind of what kind of things should we be concerned about if we're going to have this person in representing us mm -hmm. as an organization? Yeah. And it doesn't matter how good you are individually. It's the quality of the character that they want to enjoy yeah. because you spend so much time around this group of 15 people. You know, our travel parties, I think it was 24 or 26 mm. people between wow. media, coaches, players. Um, and that's kind of your network of people for about four months of the year. Yeah. We're day in, day out. These Close are the guys you're having meals with, you're, you know, you're at practice with, you're traveling with, those types of things. So you want to make sure that you're a, a fit on multiple levels versus just the athletic. Yeah. Because the guys that are just the athletic side usually will start to fade away. You know, maybe something doesn't sit well for them and they, sure. they have to move on and, and never can really achieve or aspire to achieve what they were hoping for because they can't put everything together. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate, you know, as as time goes by, not you know, and this ties directly into what you're doing now, the preparation and the planning. Right. You know, when you when you do lose um, that ability or, you know, maybe you just didn't get selected for whatever reason by chance, you know. Right. Um, it's uh, it could be devastating. I can imagine there's yep. a lot of people that fell through the cracks, and and then you you start to look at things where you associate mental health to the experience, and that's something that I think yeah. over the last few years, particularly in in uh, basketball and football, mm -hmm. to where it's becoming more comfortable to discuss the mental difficulties that people go through, mm -hmm. and we have to move on from this bravado that we're uncrackable. Right, we're still human. We we are sensitive. Yeah, we're emotional by nature, and I think when we when we deteriorate the development of the mental faculties, as you are inundated with, you're the most amazing person. You're right. the most amazing basketball player. You're most of this. Everybody's just ego. Yeah, ego you start to in. you start to lose a little bit of the center, and then when things start to go against what you think should happen. Mm -hmm. There's an internal conflict, and you have to learn how to, you know, constructively release that. You have to learn how to constructively handle failure because there's success in failure as well. Because you identify it's a what doesn't experience. work, right? Right? Yeah, it's, I say that. I say that all the time. I yeah. say, I say, hey, I don't know the way, but I know a lot of the wrong ways. <laughs> right. You know? Right. So, so skip all those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know what not to do a lot, a lot of times over. So that's helpful too. Definitely. You know, it's a learning experience and. You know, it gives you wisdom. Um, it's your perspective, I think, too. Right. You know, how do you how do you absorb these moments? Mm -hmm. And if your perspective is is self centered, sure, it's going to be you're going to lose the the lesson or the message and the experience at times. Right. Yeah. It's hard to get outside of yourself. Yep. Your current situation, you know, is always like right here. Yep. Blinders. Um, so I mean, through your experience personally sure. and uh, with working. Um, you know, with other individuals. I mean, what are some of the techniques that um, have been effective to take those blinders off and kind of get that perspective? I think the luxury that we have access to everything mm -hmm. now, maybe more so than we did, you know, in 1995, the internet was invented. Right? Yeah, I was graduating crazy. from high school. Right. So nobody really knew what it was. Mm -hmm. Now everybody knows what it is. You know, my son knows is, is born into a technology yeah. world, right? at seven years old. And I think within that, we have so much access to the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. And I think if we spend any time actually learning from those experiences that we now have, you know, 
million years ago, you have to have an encyclopedia to find out sure. you know, what happened prior to your existence. Right. Now all you have to do is use Google, right? And you can find out what happened. And I think for um, us at this point, being able to identify where people have had challenges to help hopefully learn from as you develop your own path yeah. and take a piece of everybody's experience. You know, and, and again, in reference to the sports world, everybody takes a piece from their their favorite player. Sure. You know, I, I took Chris Weber's, you know, ball handling. I've taken Shaq's post moves. You know, all these different elements that create who you are. And I think if we can use that experience level to identify where we can have success or mm-hmm. avoid failure um, to a capacity that it's it's in, impossible to have zero fails, right? Yeah, <laughs> You've right, got to be right. the world's luckiest. But you can hopefully minimize yeah. The fails versus success experiences so that you can build a platform that you'd like to follow so that you can create your own success. Yeah, it is. You know, I mean, the, the tool of, you know, the search engine is one of man's greatest creations and uh, the ability to in the in your pocket, you know, have access to the, the wealth of human knowledge right. for the most part. You know, I mean, is uh, is it's like almost overwhelming true you know, information overload is another you know is another thing yeah um, continuous stimulation that, yeah. that's never good right right we got to be able to step away from that as well too yeah and live in the moment from mm-hmm. time to time yeah if in you know touching on the mental health aspect of it uh i think that sometimes you can get in that rut where it's like uh i'm trying to find the right way trying to find the right way true. planning and preparing and preparing but never true. actually executing true um so i think that that's another thing too i mean it's with uh, there's a lot of psychology behind all this, all these things that we're talking about. I right. mean, like uh, the human is a, a flawed creature. You know, right. we all have kind of uh, crazy things going on in our mind. But um, I think that uh, bringing it back around a purpose, uh, your purpose, you know, being a, a planner and somebody that actually helps somebody uh, rein that all in mm-hmm. um, is so so helpful and important. So, like, uh, can you tell me a little bit about some of your maybe success stories uh, in the industry and you know, what makes you keep going? You know, some of the successful pieces, and we touched on this, is not necessarily you know internal accolades from your your firm or anything like that, but more mm-hmm. so right being invited to christenings birthdays, weddings, you know, those are the things that are meaningful to the individual and to be brought into that, that inner circle, Mm -hmm. that inner sanctum of somebody's life really means that you've added value in an immeasurable way. And this is their way of letting you know that you're part of what we are. And that is an accomplishment, in my opinion. Um, I think that is something that says to that person, that individual, that I cared as much as I could care for you Mm -hmm. so that I could do the best that I could with you. And, and, and you recognize that and you're inviting me to be around your loved ones to share in that experience with yeah. them. Right. And, and, and that's the human element that I think drives me. Um, also having a, a relationship with the special needs community on um, that impact alone, you know, and, and, and being a, a former guest um, of somebody as a, as a dis- disabled person um, for an, for a short period of time. Yeah helps you at least recognize what somebody else may go through when they face particular challenges and adversity that may never have an end date. Yeah. So to be able to support that community in a way that, you know, we're able to bring value events, experiences, fun, time, 
you know, a story, maybe yeah. a photo, a memory that we can help them create. So when they do have a challenging day, when they may be going through a difficult, you know, therapy or treatment, and when they get a chance to reflect on at the end of that day and think about maybe something that we were a part of, yeah, you know, whether it's us bringing some of our athletes to do an event and shake hands and, and meet and share a story. Um, I think that's really important because now we are doing things that are lifelong and lasting beyond mm -hmm. just business, right? Yeah, I mean, you're getting into something that's more personal than than finance. Absolutely, there. absolutely. And these all were predicated off of relationships I had personally. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a I have a close uh, family friend who has a son who is now 19 um, and is on the autism spectrum, mm. and one of the most enjoyable people to be around, very, very charismatic. This, I always I always joke with them and say that if you had ever wanted, you could have run for mayor. Hmm. And the relationships that you have would have, been, would have been so impactful that you would have won by a landslide. Wow. Right, just because you're so personal, you know everybody's name, you engage with everybody. Hmm. You may have a different set of adversity than somebody else, but we all have some. Sure. Right, yeah, it just so, so happens that sometimes our adversity is right on our face, right, right out there in front for everybody to see. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's more internal that yeah. we have to identify and share if we so choose. Yeah. Um, but for the people that don't have that choice, what kind of support can we offer them? Because we don't want to be be in a situation where people are marginalized because of a difference. We've right. experienced that. We've seen what that does as a, as a culture, a community, sure. as a country. Mm -hmm. We see what those things do. They, they deteriorate the opportunity of growth and development on a positive level. Yeah, I think when we start to take our own personal bias away from areas, we can see the picture in its totality, the blinders removed as you sure. referenced before. And that's something that I think that has been beneficial as part of my practice to always see things with a clear lens, always see things with a wide scope so that there is no judgments, there is no you know, personal opinions that could potentially affect you in a negative way, mm. more so a way of kind of wrapping the arm around you. Sure. And pulling you closer because obviously there's a there's a there's a need, right? Mm -hmm. There's a there's a level of support that's required. And if we can't get our arms around somebody, are we actually really helping them? Yeah, that's very true. Sometimes you think you're helping somebody just because it's uh, you know, you're doing you're you're dotting the eyes. You're there, the you show right. up, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's a lot more than showing up. It's a big part of it though. I think so. I think people understand whom you are, mm -hmm. and, you know, by the character that you carry when people don't necessarily get a chance to watch, right? And you can't right. fake that. Yeah, yeah. And that's really important, especially in our in our industry, because if you have a great experience, you may tell one or two people you have a terrible experience with everybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that 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 goes to a great example. That is Yelp. Yeah. Or, you know, or yeah. any reviews. I had you know a bad I mean? scallop. This place is the worst. Right. It's the worst place. But, you know, for every uh, and this is a, a theme that gets brought up all the time. I mean, for every negative review there's a thousand people that didn't leave a positive review right and you know right. the, the negativity is always amplified yep. so it's uh that's just how people are you know um but uh so as far as your practice goes and you know your company goes um what because when we were talking you said that it was really important to you that the culture inside your organization uh, was was as pure as it can be, sure. you know, as sincere as possible. So, mm -hmm. what are the differences between your group and um, you know maybe some other people that do similar things? I think the first thing, <clears throat> excuse me, I think the first thing that is important is that we represent internally mm -hmm. the communities that we represent externally. So we have a diverse 
team. We have um, a very, you know, culturally different staff. We, you know, we, we have people from Indian backgrounds. We have people from African-American backgrounds. Mm-hmm. You know, we have people that have disabilities that work with us because we understand that that's really what a community is consistent of, right? Sure. A multitude of pieces that create one sum of those parts. And I think for us to be able to take that into consideration before we walk out the door mm-hmm. allows us to have a better relationship when we do make that cross across the barrier into somebody else's doorway, into somebody else's home or office building to speak to them on their personal matters. And I think um, the care and concern is so powerful and so prevalent that it's hard to ignore the fact that you are having somebody that generally has a concern about helping you go into the direction of a positive return. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's important to, to kind of have a, a little bit of a handle on, um, I would imagine, you know, the background of the person that you're trying to help, uh, sure. you know, and kind of being able to relate. So, you know, having the, the groups of uh, uh, different types of individuals' backgrounds uh, is important. Yep. Um, one of the things that uh, I wanted to ask you is I ask, you know, most people that uh, uh, come on the show is, you know, what made you decide to pull the trigger and do this on your own as opposed to, uh, you know, working for a large corporation, say, for instance? And, and, you know, what's interesting is that I thought that I needed to do that early on. I thought that I I needed to have that big backdrop, right, for familiarity, for whatever reason I thought was necessary to validate. Right. But when I realized that it wasn't required because it's the relationship that you have with the person individually, mm-hmm. that all of that, sh- that, that shadow means very little because when you call, you know you're going to speak to me mm-hmm. instead of getting into kind of a call queue and whoever picks up, you know, is like, you know, give me your account number, right? <laughs> right, right. right. Versus saying like, hey, I have, a, I have a personal discussion that I have. I know about your family. I know that you're how your kids' baseball games are going, you know, at that level. Mm -hmm. So you feel comfortable in in that phone call. So I think those types of things are differentiators um, that allow us to be successful in a way that many people may aspire to versus the big corporations that, you know, it's it's a factory almost where it's just pump out widgets, pump out widgets, pump out Mm -hmm. widgets. You know, it's okay that you know some of the people, right? (laughs) Versus saying, like, let's get to know the people first. Mm-hmm. And then worry about everything on the back end. Yeah. Um, and that was something that was important for me um, because I had experiences in which the individuals were not focused on first, but the organization. Yeah. And, and that didn't sit well with me personally. We touched on that in our in our previous kind of conversation, you know, about the fact that uh, people are chasing accolades and, yeah. and, and you know, uh, trophies and awards and right. things within an organization rather than um, getting that the reward from the, the fruit of your labors, the community. You, know, you know, yeah, exactly. And, you know, actually uh, helping your customers um, with with a lot of, uh, you know, sales driven, uh, uh, money driven, uh, greed driven, a lot mm-hmm. of times uh, industries, that is something that uh, is very prevalent. You know, people uh, are, are trying to move up the ladder. Always. You know? And uh, you, you can't blame people for that because that's just how things are organized a lot of times. But right. um, I, I can... I can tell that, you know, when you talk about this, it's something that uh, means a lot to you. Um, you do have experience working in those industries. Can you give us some stories on, on uh, I guess, can you can you tell us the story that you told me 
uh, about when you decided this wasn't for you working for a corporation? <laughs> the, the Thanksgiving Day conversation. <laughs> I think um, the the final the final trigger for me was when the recommendation was that I do something that benefited myself and the organization mm. more so than my family member. Right? It was recommended that I create a solution for a family member just to hit a deadline. Mm. versus focusing on the family. I mean, it's my actual, even my own brother. It's your actual right? my, family. It's my actual family. Like, <laughs> I got to pass the gravy to this guy yeah. later on, right? right? But it's it's being, you know, kind of positioned to me in a way that, you know, that that was probably an area in which I'll never forget that moment, but I'm glad I had it, mm -hmm. right? I'm glad I had it because it it helped reinforce how I approach mm -hmm. my uh, my career, how I approach the people that I work with. Um, and I think those things are all required at mm. some point. You mm. can't go through anything without a scrap, scratch, or, or a ding, you know, along those lines. The question is, how do you respond? Absolutely. And, and you can obliviously continue on with something as if you didn't know, or you can identify something that doesn't make sense or doesn't work for you mm. and move on to something that does create a level of happiness because I'm happy and what it is that I do and how I do that, which is firstly the most important part for me, yeah. is that do I find joy in what it is that I do? And I, and I have to say yes. I find a lot of joy in knowing that I'm helping somebody. Absolutely. You know, just like somebody's somewhere down the road, maybe you know, knowingly or unknowingly helped me benefit by maybe saying something nice about me or, mm. or offering a recommendation or suggesting you know, hey, that Lamar guy is not a bad person. You know, he'd be a great asset, things like that. Somebody's done something for me. Re sure. Regardless of if I knew about it or not, I know that somewhere in there I've been supported by other people. So it's now my duty to be supportive to other people in a positive way, just like somebody was for me. Yeah, very true, very true. Um, and uh, you have had some pretty rough goings, uh, some, some health scares that yeah. put things a little bit, uh, more into perspective. That was my, that was my guest stay, um, as a disabled person, um, dealing with pulmonary embolism where my, my lungs were saturated with blood clots, um, to the tune that I wasn't sure that I'd be able to leave ICU, you know? And when you have those realizations, you gotta look at your own family, you gotta yeah. look at yourself. Because I think the first couple of weeks I was in the hospital, I was still thinking about outside. Yeah, you know, what right. didn't I finish? Uh, wow. I, I want to make sure that I got this person's, you know, information back to them or whatever was required. Then like two weeks in, you're like, you know what? Yeah. I got to stop thinking about that because this is this is actually a real thing right now. You're dealing with mortality right now. You're sitting in this in this hospital room and the, and the doctors are walking in scratching their heads. Wow. That's and they're not really sure how somebody that has... Quite honestly, polka dotted lungs yeah. filled with blood clots versus somebody that's walked in with one blood clot and never left, right? You yeah. got to know within that somewhere somebody's looking out for you. You got to know within that that your your time isn't here just yet. Yeah. Um, wow. But you have an opportunity now to go and do something great. You have an opportunity now with your time here to impact people in a positive way because when I first got out of the hospital, I had to keep my mind busy mm -hmm. because depression is real. Yeah. Anxiety is real. Um, I've experienced those things. 
Um, I'm, I'm happy to say that I don't have those problems now, but I had to work through that. That's where the mental sure. health discussion really comes in. Yeah. Um, and the support systems that are wrapped around you to be able to move through, you know, really challenging times when you're really not sure of the outcome. Yeah. Um, but somehow try to find a way to stay positive within that so that there can be, you know, an opportunity for you to walk away from, you know, this carnage of an experience that yeah. you just can't explain. Um, so to then go in and say like, okay, what do I want to do to respond to this, to my moment of extreme adversity? Mm. And, you know, really what I did is I started a, a little sports company, right? So that I had something to keep my mind busy towards because I had 18 months of pretty much just dead time. Yeah. You know, it was like, you're not going anywhere. You're not leaving the house. The only place you go is, you know, from the hospital back to your house, you know, yeah, for months at a time. That's rough. So I started a, a sports company to help. Um, share my experience as an athlete with younger kids mm. and, you know, teach them the ways of, you know, kind of training secrets of the pros type of thing. Right. Yeah. So that, you know, a young guy, young girl that is, you know, aspiring to have an opportunity in sports can learn something from somebody that's already achieved it. Sure. And then show them a way to get there, hopefully, or give them an opportunity to be able to have that education early on. Right. That sometimes you don't actually get into, you're already considered elite. And I think that's a, a tough you know, disparity when the focus is on the elite kids, right? But sometimes what you realize is those elite kids at that age, they peak out really yeah. early, right? right? Because they showed skills early on, people get behind that. Sometimes it's the kid that has a natural progression where, you know, at 13, 14 years old, you're only supposed to be hmm. this talented, right? Under, under the normal spectrum with a little bit of, of support, coaching, you know, understanding of what you're trying to get done. And having that develop, mm -hmm. now maybe when you're 18 years old, you look very different than if you didn't have that opportunity. So that's something that was important for me to say, like, okay, you know, this was something that I needed when I was young. Mm. I wasn't the most athletic person on the planet, but I was born with gifts, right? At 6'11", sure. that's, that's your first yeah. line of gifts. Right? Yeah, the Thank first you. thing I said was, wow, geez. <laughs> you can't tell on the camera because you're sitting, but, uh, man, you got, you know, you're a tall guy. You got a lot of leg. <laughs> Yeah. But it was one of those things where it's like, you know, I wonder if, if I had even more focus at 12, 13, 14, mm -hmm. um, what would that have done differently for me? So I try to use that now as a support to why I coach, you know, you know, youth sports. You know, we had a game sure. last night, which was great. You know, the kids are seventh graders. Oh, wow. And, you know, we're teaching them a brand of basketball and sports, but it's it's life skills, right? It's mm -hmm. it's collective goals. It's it's achieving individually, collectively. Right. So we've got to find ways to have kids be successful, build their confidence and have an opportunity to shine. And that will create a different type of experience for them that yeah. they hopefully will remember if they take a little piece from, you know, the two, three months that I get to work with them on the team. We we always have a coach we remember. Yeah. Right. If you were yeah. to ask every person that's ever played a sport, they find one coach that yeah. really impacted their life in a way. Or a teacher. Or, or a teacher or anything like sure. that. So I'm hoping that somewhere along the way that that inspires a couple of kids down the road and says, I remember, you know, Coach Lamar and right. what he showed me and how he taught me how to approach certain things to handle the adversity. Um, but one thing that I, I want to make sure that I always am conscientious of is when we were younger, we were taught, don't be an emotional player. Yeah. Play with emotion, but don't be an emotional player. And what young people may hear is 
kill the switch on emotions, which will affect you adversely down the road. So what we're trying to do is explore the emotional piece and develop that as well Mm. because it's a key component of this because it's going to affect interpersonal relationships away from games. So you have to learn how to, you know, compartmentalize some of that Mm -hmm. to the sport, but understand that there's still a vast development platform that needs to happen away from sports for your personal because you're going to be you're going to be a a, an adult a member of a community a lot longer than you'll ever be an athlete yeah and if you miss those opportunities it may take a very long time to develop down the road and and when i speak to former teammates um guys are actually you know in the nfl and nba today Mm -hmm. one question that i generally do ask is how is your mental health and what's the answer most of the time and a lot of guys are actually really glad to speak about it now, which wasn't something that was prevalent in the past. Guys are very happy to talk about, you know, the challenges that they face and understanding where they've had to make adjustments in their own personal life mm-hmm. so that they can, you know, stay, you know, balanced. And, and sometimes that's really hard to do because you're pulled in a multitude of directions a yeah, lot I can of times. Imagine. And you don't want to disappoint people, mm-hmm. you know, and depending on the size of the heart of the individual that you're speaking to, that can be really challenging. Right. It can be really hard for you to tell somebody no at certain times and you may need to. You just can't. And that what 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 kind of adverse effect does that happen have for you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I can only imagine. I mean, when you're operating at such a high level and there's the, the stakes are so high and you're performing almost on a stage, you know, you, yeah. you perform for perform for a crowd. And um, I mean, the pressures there have to be. So rough for somebody especially when they're in a situation where maybe they don't have that emotional intelligence yeah you're a 17 18 year old kid and you got some 50 year old man in the stands saying hey man you stink right right. like what is that talk about your family you know all these different types of things and if you're not uh emotionally astute you can really crumble with those types of things happening you know sometimes it's just funny right like some some guy in the crowd says something stupid and you kind of like chuckle on the bench yeah but that's not always the case sometimes they can say some really personal things and it can be effective because they do homework a lot of times oh, on man. people you know and, and and that's sometimes the problem with the public eye yeah is that we put so much out there that it's easy for people to then take that and use it against you and you have to be you know very mentally sound yeah to be able to turn those voices off mm-hmm. when you're in the heat of battle and not you know you got adrenaline pumping you're you're ramped up you're competing you're battling and then somebody says something stupid to you from a stance right mm-hmm. Your 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 mindset is already engaged, right? Mm-hmm. But you got to know when that doesn't make sense, and people will push those buttons for you. Try to get you off your square, get you right off of it, and mm-hmm. it's very hard because in something. I mean, we saw a game in Kansas. What was that last week? Where mm-hmm. they you know they broke into a massive fight, one of the oh, biggest man. you know Kansas K State game. Mm. That was difficult, and, and I don't know what was said, but something was going on in that game, right? Something personal. There was a there was something personal in there, and to see the way a guy reacts to a situation that probably, if you look back at that, you'd say like, "Would you do that twice?" Mm. You'd hope he'd say no, right? <laughs> but why didn't he say no then? Yeah, right. And I think those are things that we can't turn our backs to, especially from a developmental standpoint, mm. as just an individual, former athletes transitioning away. And I think, you know, something that's good, you know, obviously. With the loss of Kobe Bryant last night, yeah, he is somebody that did a lot of uh, relationship development as well as support of the of the up and coming class of guys. He's retired now, right? So now yeah. he's turned around. He's a spectator. He's a fan. Yeah, he's a fan of a game that he loves, but at the same time, he's also a steward 
mm-hmm. of the game to where he is, you know, having sidebar conversations. He is trying to be, you know, exchange knowledge, exchange experiences so that somebody right. else has an opportunity to excel as well, too. And I think we got to be mindful of those types of opportunities because, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, I sat and had a conversation with one of my uh, son's teammates from his flag football team who just mm-hmm. loves sports, right? Yeah. We just sat there. We were just talking about a whole bunch of different experiences. And that kid at seven, eight years old, I mean, he was picking my brain. This kid knew his stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> he, he was literally picking my brain. And afterwards, his dad was really, you know, he was like, I really appreciate, you know, you just sitting here and talking with him for a little while. I'm, I'm, I'm sure yeah. he's annoying you right now, but which really he wasn't. It was actually a really fun conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's wild. But hopefully that conversation imparts something in that young guy mm-hmm. that he can take with him. Somebody's there to listen. Somebody there to listen for him. And I, and I hope that, that that helps him as he identifies what he wants to do from you know, a sports standpoint, a regular world standpoint. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, and I, would, I would love for that to be a situation for you know, my own kids if, you know, if they have an opportunity to speak to a, a mentor, a role model, or somebody that they just you know, idolize yeah. to just sit back and just share, hey, this is what happened for me. This is my experience. Hopefully you can take something from that. So, I mean, you're, you're, you, your whole, I mean, career right, is, is based on giving back and helping people. Obviously, helping your family, helping yourself is a component of that. But, sure. you know, there's, there's roots and um, I, there has to be something um, in your past, you know, in your childhood that uh, imprinted this on you. Yeah, I would say my dad was a pretty imposing figure at 6'8", 300-pound man. <laughs> but, you know, if I give you those stats, he sounds, you know, monstrous, right? Right. But he wasn't. He was a very uh, kind-hearted person, um, very uh, hard-driven, great work ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an entrepreneur. He was an entrepreneur that started off in the corporate world and identified that he had there was more that he could give. And that was what inspired him to step out of his comfort zone and establish something for the community in which he lived in that would bring you know value and that was through um his business as a as a barbershop and hair salon mm-hmm. and when i saw like you know i remember there's one story when i was a kid and uh he had the day off and he was driving me to school we pull up in front of the school and he's like do you really want to go in there today He's like, you want to just hang out with me? And I was like, absolutely. Like, <laughs> absolutely, I'll skip school and hang out with my dad all day. And I just remember that moment. Like, my, I just remember being so happy that whole day and just smiling that, like, oh, all you guys are at school today. You know, I'm a yeah, kid, right? And I don't right. care. I just remember we were, we were going and we were going to have lunch and all that. But I, I tell that story because we had parked our car and we were walking to this place where we like to get, like, you know, lunch and all that type of stuff. And one of his buddies was driving down the street. Mm-hmm. Literally, the respect that he gave my dad was he he was willing to park his car in the middle of the street, get out of the car, yeah. to come and speak to my dad in his face and say hello versus yelling out of the window mm-hmm. as he passed by. At the time, all I saw was somebody interfering us with our lunch date because I was hungry. Right, oh, like okay. we're on our way someplace. But as a as a man looking backwards. It was because the relationship, the impact that my dad had with this person. The level of respect. The level of respect that he had with this person. Because when I think of the conversation, it was very personable. It wasn't like, hey, the weather's great. Oh, nice clean car. It was like, how are the kids doing? How's your wife? Yeah. What's been going on? Oh, how did this thing work out? With You know what I mean? Like all these mm-hmm. personal things that they were talking about. And I understood why yeah. he wanted to show the respect of speaking to him at that, at that format 
than just riding by and waving, you know? And, and, yeah. and those were things that I started to see. That's relationship development. Yeah. That's time. somebody that Big actually time. means something to you and, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to create that. I wanted to impart that on my own life so that people had that type of experience with me. Well, it sounds like, I mean, I know that you've obviously done a lot of thinking about that reflection. Sure. And, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's obvious that that had such an impact on you. Um, and, and, you know, growing up with a father figure that was present and, um, you know, pushing you in a positive direction and, mm -hmm. you know, there for you is, I mean, it's invaluable. I mean, you can't even, yeah. um, but, uh, for, for people that don't have that, you know, um, I, I would assume that, you know, that you're very lucky, you know, with absolutely. That. And so is that a driving factor? Is that a driving factor for you um, to, to reach out to people, you know, and be kind of a, a whether you're mentoring somebody, coaching and things like that? Um, how does that play in? Yeah, I think, the, you know, when you go back to it takes a, a village mm -hmm. yeah. to to raise um, your children and, and be a part of the community. I thought that that has I've been a beneficiary yeah. of that experience. You know, I've, I've had a lot of people in my my own community that would keep an eye out or, you know, if I had a chance to, you know, there was a, there was an old timer in our neighborhood that also had, he was one of the first guys that we had ever known that played professional basketball oh, wow. and he played internationally. So he would, you know, oftentimes talk about our high school experiences and we didn't really know what the international game meant yet. You know, there was no, there was no internet, there was no team, yeah. there was none of that stuff. We just knew he played in foreign countries a little bit, big mm -hmm. guy too. And it was, it was, it was appreciated for him to spend a few minutes and, and share these little snippets at times. Mm -hmm. Talk about the experience, talk about what it's like to be in a different culture. Talk about what it's like yeah. to be away from your family and have to understand what it means to be able to be independent and an individual in that. And I played in Europe and you know, I had a better understanding of what to expect, being able to live out of the country, away from your family with very minimal um, connectivity, right? We had the emails, but mm -hmm. voice over IP wasn't even established yet. We didn't have mm -hmm. FaceTime. Mm -hmm. We didn't have that opportunity to be able to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to FaceTime whoever yeah. I feel like talking to. Yeah, you can't see, yeah. So you had to really be comfortable with being an individual, being comfortable and being uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's something that I've taken into a lot of the experiences that I have now is to stay comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But also knowing that a simple conversation, a simple act of kindness can go so much further than some of these days. Because we never know what somebody's going through. You know? No, no. Even because we don't know what people are protecting. Yeah, and sometimes people is. don't want you to sh want to share like, hey, you know, my grandmother's really ill mm -hmm. and she's struggling, but you don't know that. Yeah. You don't know that it's hard for me to focus today because I'm dealing with a personal challenge. Mm -hmm. And maybe this one little snippet conversation could help that. That one little snippet conversation can make you feel a little bit better about your your current situation that allows you to persevere through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you never really know 100 percent how much of an impact you're having on the people around you. Right. Um, and, uh, it's very powerful and it, you know, it almost, uh, it's, it's kind of daunting sometimes to think of, think like that because now you're like, uh Oh, what am I doing? I get, hopefully I'm doing the right thing. Correct. You know? Um, so going to your business again, getting back towards, uh, you know, uh, the current day, um, where do you see this, uh, going? You know, I mean, you, how many years have you been in business now? Um, Ooh, I'm, I'm over a decade. I've been about 15 years in the, in the pipeline at this point for wow. multiple capacities. Wow. 
So, I mean, uh, you're obviously present. Um, do you do you see that you know maybe the future where there's a point where you might step away and do something else, or what do you think? <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I've I've thought about what what's next for me, um, and as of right now, I enjoy the the client side of it, mm-hmm. um, but I also enjoy kind of a hybrid role, to where we are focused on our internal team as well and in working and expanding mm-hmm. our Chicago presence, um, being able to build and create. I think it's something that's really important part of what we do to then set an opportunity to bring other people in to, to share in this, this experience. At some point, we will have to pass the baton. Mm-hmm. But what I'd like to do is be a part of the build, right, and, and, and be able sure. to establish part of the legacy that's really important in what we're doing, um, but also set a platform for potentially my own kids mm-hmm. that may want to do something similar. And I involve my children where possible, where, where appropriate, in some of the things that we're doing in the community, from volunteering, from spending time in mentorship, and being in a being visible in a way that people know your name, mm-hmm. not just the brand that you represent. Yeah. And I thought that was something that was lacking at, at firms that I worked with in the past, that we may know the brand, but you don't know anybody's name. You don't know anybody yeah. that works there. You don't know faceless. anybody that comes. It's a faceless entity. So there is no personal touch. And I think that is one big differentiator is because we try to be as visible as possible through how we're supporting the communities, how we're being involved. But it's it's not something um, that doesn't come from a genuine space, mm-hmm. right? My, my business partner is also a former athlete, um, played at Illinois, um, also played for the Bulls for a period of time. Wow. So we understand what it's like to be members of the community because I did a lot of um, youth-based events when I was at DePaul. You know, we made, I did wheelchair uh, basketball one time, and oh. I thought that was one of the most difficult things yeah. ever. It was so challenging, and I gained a level of respect for those that lived through that experience on a day, day in and day out basis. But I'm glad I had an opportunity to be a, be a guest mm-hmm. in yeah. that environment to understand what their day-to-day looks like so that it helps me identify where I want to spend my time mm-hmm. or how I want to help the people that don't get as much help as those that it's easy to help. Yeah. Right? I, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable helping the people that people aren't necessarily looking towards because there's a thirst for that. There's a, there's an energy behind wanting to be considered valuable enough mm-hmm. to share in some of these educational pieces, share this understanding that I may not know. And mm-hmm. that's something that, you know, kind of goes to the idea of, you know, you can teach a man to fish. Yeah, of right? course. Yeah, definitely. So if we can do that, what does that do for the, for the, um, generations behind us because there's a definite disparity mm-hmm. between um, the haves and the have-nots, but also the, the the understanding of how that is um, exacerbated through being able to achieve it, right? Yeah. So I think those are things that drive what it is that I do now because I always want to be able to leave something in a better condition than when I got my hands on it mm-hmm. so that you can see the value in that. And that's really important to make it better. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a true impact. Um, one uh, one thing that I I meant to ask you when we were talking a little bit earlier in this conversation, uh, have you dealt with people? Because I mean I know that you deal with people that that are in athletics and sure. things like that. Sure. You know, people higher level um, making money now, uh, but maybe being reckless with it. Have you dealt with people being taken advantage of actively and gotten involved in that? I've been fortunate to not have that experience um, live. 
Um, I have had this conversation with a former teammate of mine that had this happen to him. Who was you know played in the NBA, a very great hearted guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was a, he was a great athlete. Didn't make him a great financial mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and and people took advantage of that. So from a firsthand standpoint, that's as close as it's been for me mm-hmm. to understand it through a close friend. Um, but none of the people that I've worked with on a professional standpoint have I witnessed you know being you know treated inappropriately, which which to date, you know, I would have to say is, is a bit of a blessing because we know about it so regularly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you hear horror stories all the time about mismanagement, yep. people stealing. And and it's and it's one of those things that it was very similar to that, where, you know, you're 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 thinking that what you're paying for is getting handled appropriately, then to find out like your cable's been turned off yeah. while you're on a road trip, right? Yeah, you're paying for somebody to finance their own Exactly. <laughs> the, <laughs> crimes. The, the third yacht, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. But I think that understanding those, that also, from a morality standpoint, mm-hmm. from an ethical standpoint, you know, is that how you want to be remembered? And to that, I answer no, right? I never want to be in a situation where people don't feel that they're getting the undivided attention, the utmost respect, care, and concern mm-hmm. as we look to be supportive to you and add value to your life. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so for, for the, the people listening that, uh, maybe aren't multimillionaires, sure. uh, but, uh, you know, have a, uh, maybe a home, uh, you know, some kids expenses day to day, what are some of the most valuable and important things that they can do today to, um, get their finances in a, in a more positive place? I think the first thing is to be educated, organized, and then prepared. Mm-hmm. Right. You got to know what you don't know. You have to you have to find faith and, and support in the people that you'd lean to to get those types of answers. Um, then you have to organize your approach. Right. What's the first line of effect, of attack that we need to address? Um, and then from there, you got to stick with it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing is the consistency element of it. And if you're not doing those those key components of it, it's going to be really hard to be successful down the road because it is a. It's a, there's a matter of faith in the process, right? That's that's what we're creating. We're creating a platform that allows you to be consistently accountable over time. Right. And if you can't say that you're somebody that would be willing to do that, it'd be very hard to find success on the back end. Mm-hmm. And then on the uh, on the flip side, what are some of the most common um, mistakes that people make that you uh, kind of encounter? I think some of the biggest mistakes is people just don't understand what they're doing. You know, we just don't understand how things actually work. You know, we get you know offers from our employer on how we can, you know, put money away, but don't necessarily understand what that tool is or mm-hmm. how that vehicle works. Sure. And then we just, you know, kind of blindly do it because our, our employer provided it. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand how it affects you directly because their why versus your why are always going to be off, you know, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So you have to understand what you're trying to do and make sure that that's appropriate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously... Uh, that's where you come in. That's where I come in. Right. Absolutely. From a holistic standpoint, you know, we, we have an opportunity to um, really dig deep into what's going on in your world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and, and really create a new way um, for you to find success because there's so many, there's so many ways to an end. The thing is it has to be appropriate for you. Mm. So that you can get behind it, stick with it, and see the re- the reward in that. Um, and I think the biggest the biggest issue in that is that people don't identify their own circumstance, but compare 
to their neighbor's circumstance. You know, Steve down the street, he's, you know, getting this and that. Well, Steve down the street doesn't have two kids and a mortgage. Steve down the street lives by himself and he's, you know, independently wealthy. So the things that he's willing to do may not be the same things that you're willing to risk as well. Yeah. It might not, you know, make sense for you. Right. And that's usually the thing. It's not, you know, it's not what somebody else is doing. It's what makes sense for you. Right. Right. And um, so, uh, you know, we've already done an hour. We did an hour quickly. Nice. It always goes by quickly. Um, So what is the best way for people to get a hold of you, reach out uh, to you, and uh, what could they expect from you? First thing they expect is a is a um, quality conversation. Mm-hmm. I think the first thing that's important is that conversation of you know do we even materially fit right? Do, yeah. do we have personality types that will be consistently comfortable um, to get in touch with me? Um, you just find us at the Midwest Legacy Group LLC dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, me personally at L Butler at Midwest Legacy Group LLC dot com. Um, and you know, we're, we're consistently expanding our advisors. Um, uh, I know there's been a lot of changes in the industry. A lot of offices around town have been closed. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of people looking that are, you know, kind of in flux. So mm-hmm. we've been, you know, working with a lot of advisors from other places to find a new home here with the Midwest Legacy Group. Great. Um, as we start to also identify what our brand really is and our mm-hmm. brand is that of the community for the community, Right being involved at a level that a lot of people don't necessarily want to roll their sleeves up and spend that time for because there's no, you know, there's no immediate reward in that. And that's not what our driving force is behind immediate rewards. It's long-term. It's long-term. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time Mm -hmm. to be established in a way that people are calling you more often than not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. I mean, the long-term results and, uh, you know, the positive results and the good communication and the trust yeah. factor, you know, all those things uh, add up. And following a process, right? Like mm-hmm. what process are we getting involved in? Well, the process is going to be tailored, right? The process mm-hmm. is tailored to an individual, not to, it's not like we're, you know, butchers. Yeah. We're saying the rump roast is going to turn. So we got to really push rump roast this month, <laughs> right? Like this person is looking for ground chuck. We got to right, get some right. ground chuck in there, right? It's the best burger. Mm-hmm. So when you think of it that way, you know, there is no... Uh, personal driving force outside of being supportive, mm-hmm. right? It's not a matter of, you know, I got to get, you know, these these steaks on the grill before they go bad. Right. It's more so, what if you're a vegetarian? Right? Sure, yeah, <laughs> so, you got to plan for that so too. So you got you to gotta identify what makes sense. And mm-hmm. that's really been impactful because in that develops the relationship. And that's what I really enjoy. Well, I can tell. Uh, I can tell you're passionate about what you do. And uh Everybody, uh, you know, we'll put the the links in the description below. Um, Definitely check out MidwestLegacyGroupLLC.com. You know, you can find out more about Lamar B. Butler, uh, Lamar, uh, on on the website. And, uh, you know, if you need any help, if you want more information, give him a call, reach out to him, and uh, I'm sure you'll be glad you did. But, uh, Lamar, it's a real pleasure uh, having you on very great conversation uh, we could have three more I know back it. to back you know um, but uh, thanks again for coming on and uh, uh, have a good one this is great I really appreciate you having me out there and hopefully that 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 storyline does impact somebody in a positive way but I do appreciate you inviting me out to share in this conversation you're more than welcome yep thank you thank you awesome